0: on the big zenith are the numbers one through nine you pick a number there's a category i'll get a question you get it right you get points yada 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 welcome to game shows i suppose Everybody and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing that knows something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host Jordan Haas, and yes, this is such a spooky episode because we are talking about remote control. I'm only saying that because the Halloween is fast approaching, yet I'm recording this in July. <laughs> uh welcome to the 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 past future present x-men anyway today's episode we're talking about remote control mtv's greatest game show but before we can talk about the big zenith we got to get through our 110 part series exploring every pricing game from the price is right this is the pricing game spotlight Do the math. Premiere date September twenty third, twenty thirteen. Aired out for October eighteenth, twenty thirteen. It's tape number six four two one K. Do the math is a pricing game where the contestant is shown two prizes, any dollar figure representing the difference in the price of the two prizes. It is displayed on a little monitor in place between both prizes. Without knowing the price of either prize, the contestant must then decide whether the dollar figure should be added or subtracted from the price of the prize on the left to equal the prize on the right. If correct, the contestant wins both prizes and the cash amount equal to the cash figure displayed on screen. So in other words, you win a treadmill, you win the jukebox and $750 or $754. And it's basically an A-B game as well. Yes, an A-B game. The game boils down to whether or not you think the first prize is more or less expensive than the first. If you think it's more expensive, choose minus. If it's less expensive, choose plus. The game first premieres september 23rd, 2013, out of order. Uh, The premiere of the show's 42nd season, that means Big Money Week, and was won. The game was created by Roger Dobkowitz. Hi, Roger. You have a weird cult. You're also weird now. It was intended to debut September 23rd, 2008, 4432K. immediately after Gas Money. Dobkowitz wanted to make up for the fact that season 36 had no new games by debuting a new pricing game every day of season 37 Premier Week. But due to budget issues with CBS, every game except Gas Money was scrapped. The episode's playing a check m- game was the substitution. On April 27, 2015, narrowed out of order, the first Couples Week episode, doing the Math was played for two cars. It became the fifth pricing game. Other than safe cracker, squeeze play, make your move, balance game, and cliffhangers to be played for a car that normally is not played for one since the start of Season 30. Uh, ba 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 they're doing it for all the cars. Alright, Do the Math has been won 98 times, most recently May 26, 2020. Obviously, that's going to be changed ...since this recording. Uh, November 27, 2019... ...there was a College Rival episode. Who cares? This game is similar to Magic Number and it's optional... Is it? It's an A B game. Unlike Magic Number where you have to set it to a price that's higher than the price of the price that's higher, lower or whatever, it's similar to its optional because it tells you the difference between the two prices and its actual retail prices. The only difference with its optional is the actual prices of the two prices. It feels like I'm looking at like a forum debate here. Only difference if it's optional the two prices are told at the start of the game, but in this game naturally the actual prices are told at the end of the game once the contestant decides to add or subtract. I like how the first name is like, this is like these games. And the one's like, well, it's not because of this. And it's not like because of this. I really hope someone's like being burnt to a crisp. The most number of times this was played in any season was 25. The pricing game will not multiply or divide. It's simply a plus or minus. That being said, as much as I like do the math, I think I know Roger Dobkowitz a bit more that I think he would want this to be analog. So all I can think of is not a giant video monitor. I could only see like a crappy ass chalkboard with like chalk scribbling the numbers like $638 or something. And then the contestant has to do plus or minus and you have to write it down. And then we'll have the physical price tag. But at least with like do the math, uh, it's a monitor and everything's fast. So it's like triple monitors. And I think that runs by a little faster. Uh, So here's another fun anecdote. So the reason I want to talk about doing the math quickly, uh, even though I love it, it's an A-B game. Basically, higher or lower than the one before, plus or minus. So, like, what is this, 2013? 2013, Mike Richards, who was the showrunner for the Prices Right at the time, had, like, a little fun podcast and really, like, was stalking me somewhat. It was very creepy. Uh, online and wanted to know if I wanted to attend a VIP taping of The Price is Right. And I did. And this was I think the second recorded uh, game of Do the Math. It was a new pricing game. Now, I, I, I just gotta point this out here. Price is Right is one of the best places to go to. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm gonna just ruin the episode at the end, but trust me on this. Do the Math... When I saw that pricing game for the very first time in the audience, having me, the guy who knows almost every pricing game in rotation. So it's like, oh, I know what side by side is and I know what bonkers is. When I saw do the math, I had this look of confusion because I've never seen that pricing game before. But at the same time, when I saw it, I was like, I get it. This is very cool. I enjoy it. And there's something about when you are in the crowd and you're familiar with The Price is Right and a new pricing game is presented in front of you that I met with like that kind of Christmas awe that you rarely get these days. You know, that, wow, this is new. What? Amazing. And for me, that was do the math. I think a lot of people in the game show fandom, especially ones who have went to The Price is Right, Sometimes can easily memorize the show's rotation on that first episode, that first time they've ever been to the game. I can't, by the way. But I do vividly remember Do the Math because it's such a new game. And I was sitting there going, I've never seen that game before. And I watched The Price is Right. What is this? And it was awe. And that's what I I, I have with Do the Math. It's an A.B. game. It's a quick game. Fun to play. Guaranteed thumbs up. I love A.B. games and The Price is Right quick to play quick to understand but there's also like a connection to this because this is the first time i went to the prices right on mike richards is like hey let's go to see his show and it was a new pricing game and the the last thing he said before like i left the studio to go to the grove to get sprinkles cupcakes was basically like what'd you think of doing the math right and i gave it the thumbs up because i love the game and I still love the game when it's played thumbs up and it's still in the rotation to this day. And that's why I enjoy Do the Math. Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, the new classic, Vendo Price. Kenny wasn't like the other kids. TV mattered. Nothing else did. girl said yes, but he said no. And now we got the on-game show! It's his basement, it's his rules, it's his game show podcast, the quiz master of 72 Wolf and Cough Lane, Mr. Jordan Haas, it's me, I'm the only one here. Hi, welcome to Game Shows I Suppose the Solo Sessions. The solo sessions of Game Shows I Suppose. I'm Jordan Haas, and this episode is a doozy, because this is one that maybe a lot of people might remember, or maybe people forgot, or seem to have ignored. It is a show called Remote Control. It aired on MTV in the late 80s. Many people blame this show for what would become modern MTV. So, uh, just a quick uh, zip through... MTV was a channel that aired music videos. The first music video was Video Killed the Radio Star by The Bangles. You would have lots of different music from different artists all across the world of genres, from country to R&B, from rock to pop. And, well, you had VJs. You would get news, music news from Kurt Loder, for instance. The Week in Rock was a big hit show. And this was not that remote control was a game show was it a game show about music rarely it was in fact a game show about television so here's how remote control worked it was a tv show based on tv trivia although more specifically it was kind of more pop culture because there were questions about movies sometimes and music as well and even weird general knowledge believe it or not Well, many people would say because of this show, this is what would lead MTV to do things like Beavis and Butthead and start doing uh, non-music video televisions, which would cause everything to end up being things like The Ten Spot and Daria, and eventually... All of these gosh dang reality shows. Where's the dang music? I want my music. The MTV is not. There's no music anymore. Whatever, Grandpa. Anyway. So uh, this is one of the rare shows. I would actually say, if I had to be legit, if I had to take some moment here, When I talk about different game shows in different genres and different decades, I always like to put up each decade as a different thing, from like the '50s to be '50s being the uh, the transition from wartime to suburban uh, households was was a good chunk of '50s game shows. '60s was the start of the television for communication so well uh, one was talking about uh you know suburban life 60s was everything from vietnam starting to uh, civil rights being discussed so it became more political 70s uh was more of the counterculture it became it, it was supposed to be let's be provocative the government uh is obviously not on our side anymore it to me laughing style 80s because of the reagan era that we lived in became more based on greed it became more on money money and power and control and strategy so greed is good your press your lucks of the world your one hundred thousand dollars and your million dollar chances of a lifetime when we get to the 90s we get to the anti-90s which is anti-heroes in in television and movies and in game shows Everything wanted to be the opposite. So, like, for instance, debt. You would be in negative money, and you would try to get out of debt. Uh, You would have your You Don't Know Jack PC games, where the host is an asshole. You would have your uh, trash, where you lose items. Uh, Win Ben Stein's money, where the host is the contestant. And... It's all of the reverse of the rules that go into a a regular old game show. When we get to 2000s, that's when we get into the reality shows. So reality TV becomes the thing. Uh, Game shows, because of Millionaire, become more high stakes, more uh, dramatically lit game shows. When we get to the 2010s uh, is when we see the debut of mostly Celebrity Plug. It's the Celebrity Plug era of game shows. So a lot of shows will return as long as it has a celebrity to plug material. Uh, near the end of it is the reboot era, where a lot of shows be, review- be rebooted, and TV shows, much like everything, is a Funko Pop economy, something I coined on Funtime Calls, where TV shows, movies, anything you name it, is an asset meant to be bought and sold and traded like Pokemon cards or Funko Pops to be marketed so expect a whammy funko pop anytime soon uh it wouldn't surprise me if the bandit from strike it rich would show up as a funko pop these days anything is possible it's something from pop culture you gotta you gotta buy it you gotta buy it so the 2020s is probably going to be more of that you're going to see a lot more reboots and if not that you're going to be seeing more uh vanity it's all going to be about vanity all about individuals and stuff that you've already noticed through YouTube, such as beauty vlogging and hobbies, but everyone's chipper. So the show that I would say started, the 90s anti-hero, the anti-90s culture of game show is Remote Control. This was the one that started it all, and this one is a really great show. If you're a fan of TV trivia, if you remember the Cosby show, I mean, forget about Bill. Uh, If you remember Taxi, if you remember I Love Lucy, if you remember the Honeymooners, if you remember uh, Happy Days, if you remember Good Times, if you remember Webster, you would remember uh, Batman 1966. This is the show for you. So the show is, and this is the... storyline i like to start with the storyline because unlike other shows where i kind of bullshit my way through a storyline and tell you like what is the perception of the show this is a game show where they actually come up with a perception like this is an actual storyline so you got that introduction that theme song that kenny wasn't like the other kids but remote control tv mattered nothing else did remote control Girls said yes, but he said no. Bada, 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 remote control. Now he's got his own game show. Do, do, Remote control. You get your premise for who Ken Ober is. The The inward storyline is that Ken Ober is basically a nerd who is obsessed with television, so much so that nothing else in the world matters but TV, so much so that he's pretty much practically a nerd. He's a nerdy guy who lives with his mom in 72 whooping call lane and he lives in his parents basement like every nerd you know the nerds live in their basement <laughs> virgin <laughs> um so he's a nerdy kid who's obsessed with tv and if you want to go even into more deeper lore game shows uh emblazoned all over the basement set is game show memorabilia. Everything from autographs of game show hosts to a Bob Eubanks Pez dispenser is on file. Yes, the newlywed game guy. And the premise is he's a nerdy guy who loves game shows so much, he decided to make his own game show about TV trivia. He doesn't really have much friends to speak of, so one of the a popular one i probably most like a jock guy and a guy like we're we're going for like a jockey bully type kind of like a fonz uh it serves as the announcer which is Colin Quinn yes this is the same Colin Quinn which would later do tough crowd with Colin Quinn yes it's the Colin Quinn that would later do saturday night live and the weekend update that Colin Quinn he got one of his big tv debuts through remote control then you got the co-host, the hostess, cuz every game show you have the announcer and you need the co-star. You need the you need the Vanna to pat. Uh and what they were trying to do for the storyline with this show is they were trying to make it so it's kind of like the Betty Veronica character for Archie and Jughead. So it's the girl who pals with the guys. In the first season it was a lady by the name of Marisol uh later seasons two and three it was kari which i think a lot more people would say she was the definitive uh remote control host uh in syndicated runs you would have alicia and susan and, and they were basically serving to be kind of the uh prop wrangler um like ringleader of different mini games in the show uh, if, if Colin needed a, a partner to sing in one of the games, she'll be the one to show up with. Uh, if they wanted to do, like, uh, what can they win in the grand prize round, she would show up to read off the, the prompter with Colin. So the Vivitar camera and then the Yamaha piano. Uh, that's back and forth. And then you would have a musician uh, by the name of Steve treseis uh steve was a piano guy he would just be playing piano throughout the thing but it was more like an organ so every single time uh, a category gets played and it's a tv theme like taxi the theme from taxi would be playing or happy days the happy p- days theme would be playing almost like a major league baseball game that burp, 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 burp. if there was something original uh that needs to be played because it's a unique segment you'll be hearing that like a and sometimes if there was a wrong answer, you would hear him go like or do 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 if there was a correct answer. Like so he was providing like a live orchestra to the show despite just being a keyboard uh, player. Uh, and I guess the storyline there is Steve is the nerdy best friend of Ken and he has a band with Colin. So they kind of that's how they all get along with each other. And that's why you can see the nerd and the jock, I guess, or the bully with the jock, uh, hang out with each other in the show. Because Colin's not like the give me your lunch money punk kind of person. He's the busting your balls kind of guy. Which is kind of his demeanor even in stand-up. So it was kind of fun. Uh, and because that's the premise. And they play different jokes. Uh, for instance, the time out when they have to take a commercial break, the mom is calling, uh, like, Ken, your fish sticks are ready. Oh, I got to get some fish sticks. We'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Or, or something involving television, like a poor reception. So if you've uh, never seen the show, as, as the format of In Studio is, there's three contestants. All of them are college age. Because this is MTV. We're going for a young demographic. Uh, it could be men, it could be women, it doesn't matter. They were going for young. You're studying at this university, and it, they are really going for like the energetic crowd. But it's a unique kind of contestant. They're not going for press your luck, Peter, big bucks, no whammies. And they're not going for like Wheel of Fortune, I'm a, well, I'm studying. And they're definitely not Jeopardy because it's called they're kind of going for raunchy uh almost like the the i would hate to say it's like the one guy in your group you know like when you have your pal of friends and it's like the regular and then there's the weirdo the weirdo who it's like you remember tommy right tommy they would cast the tommy to be the contestant it's always three tommy's in the group uh being the contestants and so the game works. They're all sitting down in a giant uh, reclining chair, much like you would be if you're watching television, very brightly lit, almost looking really weird. They all have remote controls and they also have signaling devices as well. One thing I was always wondering was, did, is there only one remote control and they pass it around to determine who has quote unquote control of the board? Or do they all get their own individual remote control to make it faster and easier depending on the segment? So whoever has the remote control and quote-unquote is in control of the board gets access to the ultra-huge of television, which has just nine channels emblazoned with the numbers one through nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They get to pick a, a channel, and whatever that channel is, is the category for the game. It is decided at random before the show. If it's a category based on a TV show... Uh, you would mostly be getting three, category, three questions. The first questions were five points. Then you can decide to stay on that channel or change the channel to a different channel uh, of the remaining eight or seven or whatever uh, if you're not feeling that channel. If you stay on the channel or you go back to that channel at a later time, uh, it becomes a 10-point question and then later 15 because there's three questions per channel. If it's not a category based on a TV show, maybe it's a gimmick such as MTV, because the channel's MTV, where they have to identify music questions based on music videos, name the artist, name the band who wrote this album. And you know, people do not know who Tom Petty is and he gets pissed. There might be a gimmick square such as Hollywood Square, Where they parody Hollywood Squares and try to do a gimmick version of Hollywood Square, agree or disagree to win some points. Uh, They have something called Survey Set, a parody family feud game, where if you get the top answer, you get the points. Uh, They would have uh, special prizes where you pick one of three refrigerators. Uh, two have a gimmick that's like, oh, a gag prize, but one has a plate of music, like CDs and cassettes, that you can win no matter what happens in the game. And then you have some gimmick questions, such as, for instance, there is uh, sing-along with Colin is one of the most iconic categories on the board, where Colin Quinn would have to sing a song, almost like a karaoke of a famous thing, and you just have to finish the lyrics So, uh, for instance, here, let me just try my best to do my impersonation, Colin Quinn singing a hit song. Uh, I will first read, like, what would, like, you're doing single old Colin. For 10 points, because we're going for 10, 10, this is the second question. uh, Finish this line from this 1986 Bengals hit. All the old paintings on the tombs, they do the sand dance, don't you know? If they move too quick, oh way yo, oh, they're falling down like a domino. All the bizarre man by the Nile, they got the money on a bet. Gold crocodiles, oh-way-oh, they snap their teeth on your cigarette. Foreign types with a hookah pipe say, way yo, oh, way yo, oh, way yo, oh, way yo. Oh. And then you have to finish the phrase. Ring and ding. Walk like an Egyptian. That's right, for 10 points. (laughs) That's the show. You had a remote control playhouse, where they would recreate scenes from TV shows named the TV show, for instance. Uh, There's the movie network, where it's all movie questions. The sports network with sports questions. Brady physics, where they try and put physics into Brady Bunch. Private dicks about cop shows. Uh, Weather forecast, which was, I believe, actually about, like, weather uh, effects. Uh, And then you had jokes like public television, uh, sex, and more. And it's all, like, weird categories and all very fun. But sometimes there's hazards. For instance, Rager Bob, which would offer, like, a really piss-poor PSA. But because you pick that category, you will lose points you would have a category such as uh, the Home Shopping Channel where you get to buy a really shit product for your points, so you lose points in the process. So there's always a danger to the game. In first season, there was a category in round two, but we'll get to that in just a bit. There's there's different actors, and this is where it's fun because it's a who's who of different celebrities. Uh, For instance, Dennis Leary uh, was in there playing as Colin Quinn's brother in the show. And this was one of the first ever television appearances of one Adam Sandler. That's right, folks. Adam Sandler, the star of Saturday Night Live, the star of such classic movies like Jack and Jill. Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Grown Ups 2. Little Nicky. Happy Gilmore. Billy Madison. And an actually good movie, Uncut Gems, uh, played uh, various characters such as the stud boy, who was this very nerdy guy who would be, like, talking about how he got along with some certain character from a TV show. uh, And, like, basically an over-exaggeration of, like, a parody of, like, you know, uh, that that kind of uh, male uh, seducer character. Uh, plate spinning guy and he goes because I do it because I was a stud boy uh, then there's also a character he does called the um, the trivia delinquent where he basically talks about an incident he got into with somebody and you have to figure out who it is and he's kind of like yes yeah, so I got in a fight with someone and like... You know, I should have really known they could pack a punch because, like, they were a detective. Every single time I punched them, they kept asking me if they had one more question. So, like, you know, you I, I, I couldn't answer questions if he keeps punching you. Who is I getting in a fight with? When time runs out on round one, either because they ran out of all the questions or time ran out, uh, you will be getting into the first of many silly things. It being a snack break. Snack break is one of the most uh, cultural touchstones of remote control. I think all three contestants are sitting in a nice lazy boy, and all of a sudden popcorn just dr- dumps down on them. Or uh, Twinkies. Or bags of potato chips. And they all have bowls situated above their head to catch it. And then they can toss it and do like a little mini food fight or actually eat it because it is edible. And have fun with it. Uh, so... I think that is what led to a lot of let's dump things on contestants' heads that are just like weird, silly things like feathers in the worlds of like whammy, only press your luck, and Jep. But I just I'm just throwing that as a guess. So as we take a commercial break, let me uh, talk about some of the many prizes that they can win, such as a Casio watch. Uh, they can get some CDs from Capitol Records. Uh, they would get uh, telephones from MCE. Uh, a song recorder from Panasonic. A Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, a Zenith Camcorder. A Casio Rock System. Maybe from our friends at Gibson, a Gibson Guitar. How, how about uh, this really cool uh, camping package from Academy Broadway Group? How about a Codafone Telephone? Or a cis-in-neon telephone that looks really cool at night. Uh, how about headphones that you can listen to music on? A Franklin Language Master. A Lasonic portable stereo system. A Sailboat from Snark. A Suzuki Omnicord. A Vivitar camera. A Video Treasure. A Claim Entertainment System. Apple's 2C Computer uh more uh, nordica boots an Orban surfboard uh a conica camera jesus there's a lot of cameras and keyboards uh an eclipse car a trip to aruba uh caesar's tahoe a chevy s10 pickup truck a geo metro the 1990 ford mustang lx uh, I think I'm just kind of going into like all sorts of different. <laughs> I feel like I'm repeating myself. Language masters, remote controls, spelling aces, and more. So after that fun snack break, we're back with remote control. Everyone had a little snack. We're doing good. People are talking about the board game that's now out, which is a really good board game. Uh, weird though, is it's all in the question booklet. We go into round two where now the values are doubled, like in Double Jeopardy. Uh, 10 points, 20 points, 30 points, but be careful, because there's more danger in the round. Because, you see, whoever has the lowest score at the end of this round will be off the air, and will be off the show eliminated. In Season 1, it was an actual channel, where if you actually put it, oops, you're off the air, and the game would continue. That proved to be not that much fun. So they decided to make it uh, its own separate uh, occurrence, much like snack break. Uh, So we continue with more categories. So you'll get things like beat the bishop, a category where a guy dressed up like a bishop will do some sort of athletic activity. And you have to complete a math problem. If you can do that, you get points. You would have dead or Canadian You will have Dead or Alive. You will have categories like, uh, reruns, which are all about essentially questions that weren't answered the first time around correctly. Maybe you'll visit the Laughing Guy channel in which Ken's cousin Flip showed up in Nerdy Attire and tried to laugh the theme songs of TV shows. So, you know, uh, you'll, you'll be hearing, like, uh, uh, <laughs> one of those but more hysterical you would also have boy were they stupid categories that people screw up the first time around you would have channel channel which was a category all about networks at all like what channel would you find this show on There was, how dumb can you be, which is really simple questions. Uh, Name that chicken, name that cheese. PhD television, which were really, really challenging questions about television. Uh, Ken goofed, which was questions where, oh, we actually screwed up on the answer here, or a mistake said on that. Today Show Time Machine, which was all about the Today Show in flashback form, and can you recall what this event was? Things like Saturday Night Live, uh, there was the flip opposite of, called Anti-Flip, where the guy was just this dull person who just, like, doesn't want to be there, was, like, a real piece of shit, and it was just, like, it was, like I don't, like, depressed, like, a depressed person, and all he would say is just, like, the name of a TV show, and then you would have to laugh it, so it'd just be, like, the Brady Bunch. Ring! ha and that would be the show it's just a bunch of fun and then there's one about the gods now the one that's the the category for the gods is just the game show channel and sometimes it really was just game shows and when they did the game show category that was when everything just flipped in on its head and it became like Please get, don't get this wrong. Who is the host of The Price is Right? It's Bob Barker. Are you kidding? And like That becomes a whole different story. Because it just becomes added thrill to the character of of uh, Ken. And it becomes like... Because it's a game show with game show elements attached to it. That's a parody of game shows while still maintaining a game show element. While still doing things like the Brady Bunch or Batman... Or LA laws. I I just gotta think every single uh, category they can ever come up with. But remember, it's only nine, and there's always gonna be something bad, always something good, and an irrelevant category in a character subject, and the rest is fair game. But then suddenly, you'll be hearing a air raid siren. Hey, you get off of my show. Hey, you get off of my show. So that means whoever scored the lowest of them would be yanked off the show. In the event of a tie, though, uh, they would do a tiebreaker question before doing it off the air. And uh, when they get off the air, they're not just standing up. No, they're going to be yanked from behind. And like their chair just moves backwards and crashes through the wall. Uh, or the entire wall set piece flips up and they're just stuck with their legs dangling up as they go upside down in an elimination format. So it's a really embarrassing way to go out, a very silly way to go out in a way that's just kind of like um, a, a kooky thing. It's almost like a, a, a flip up. Op- they're trying to subvert game shows because in this world, because remember, it's the anti game show. This is one I would say this is the anti game show. Most game shows, you know, let's meet the players and they enter and they do silly things and they do like the little, like turntable, the little turntable, turntable. Uh, And here it's the, what if the turntable backfires and the contestant just flings out of the show set and it looks like they destroyed the set. Like that's the, the joke of the show, leaving two contestants. Now, before we get to the final two, uh, it becomes uh, one of two different things. Uh, one is a wager format where they wager and then do one final question like a final Jeopardy. The other is called this, that, or the other theme where they will be saying one category and uh, they would have to ring in and it's like a this or that, but it's an A, B, or C format. Or it becomes what is the most common one called Think Real Fast where they're going to be doing a speed round I'm going to be listing off the name of a TV show, but one of the words is going to be changed to a name of an animal. I would like you to change the. I would like you to correct that and give me the full title, without the animal included. For instance, if I said Greyhound's Anatomy, you'd be saying Grey's Anatomy. This would go on for for a few seconds. I believe it's 45. Actually, it's 30. It's 30 seconds, and it's all like you get it right you get the point you get it wrong you lose the point whoever gets the most at the end wins and of course the second player then goes off the air and gets yanked so they might get pulled back and then the wall crashes and then suddenly you'll be seeing like weird like set PA's is dressed in silly costumes like one wearing like a weird hockey mask and a pro- fake knife look like i'm gonna stab the player in a comedic facet while you hear in the background uh, sound effects of either a guy going ah ah or if it's a, a lady contestant ah oh no ah and everyone's still screaming get off of my show yeah leaving one player left and then they start talking about more prizes some more keyboards more cameras more music more stereos and We'll find them going to the final round when remote control continues. So this is the part where I get to talk about my favorite part of remote control, and that is of course, video game adaptations. So I already talked about the board game of remote control. It's really silly. It's uh, different cards, almost like the Wheel of Fortune game where there's preloaded paper and that translates to worlds. in this version of uh, remote control they made two versions one is a pc game one is a nes game uh they play exactly like the show you ring in buzz in and then you push what you think is the correct answer uh they mostly went for multiple choice in the show because you don't want to fiddle around trying to type out the answer but they had the nine categories they had different silly uh events going uh and they of course you would lose points now uh, in the these versions, what they decided to do was, if you get it right, uh, they're off the air, is basically, let's just explode the set and, and blow up people, and then they go away. Leaving the two, and then one for a I Think Real Fast game. Uh, and that version plays a lot faster than the one played on the TV show. But the difference between the PC editions and the Nintendo Entertainment System is that when it's done, They decide, uh, actually, uh, we're not gonna do a bonus round. So, you would just be hearing this music loop for about 15 minutes to get through the first two rounds of remote control, uh, in the Nintendo system, but that's about it. You're not gonna ever get to play the bonus round. Uh, meanwhile, you'll be hearing, You're not gonna get any organ or anything really interesting. You're just gonna get this, this music. At this Just this So I will a- admit that I, uh for for the video game, I've never really played a physical copy of Remote Control, uh, ever. Not the DOS. I, I when I first played it was through ROMs, so uh, it was a bit messy. But you know what? When you win the game, your head, be- your avatar head, becomes the logo for MTV, and I thought that's kind of fun. Uh, and I do recommend if you're like a big fan of TV shows to uh, check out the Remote Control game. It actually plays very well. It's from Game Tech. But other than that you're not really gonna get much there's it's not as silly as the main show is it kind of is more like a straightforward tv trivia thing uh and the board game is also very fun too but i think that's the only problem with home game adaptations sometimes is you can't really fully replicate the fun of the show you're not actually winning prizes so i guess this is the closest you can get to it without going over It's really annoying. It's really annoying, yeah, actually, now that I think about it. But you know what I do? I, I would, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I almost wanted to rent this at Blockbuster. It was like that good of a game, but I never really owned a Nintendo Entertainment System as a kid. Oh well. Why am I still talking as if like I couldn't just edit this to stop it? There was two video game adaptations that were very fun. A board game adaptation. Anyway, I guess we should start returning to the show here. So we go to the bonus round. Now, there's various formats of the game. Uh, One is the uh, Craftmatic Adjustable, which I will say is the definitive uh, game of remote control. But there's another one in Syndicated Run called the Wheel of Jeopardy. Now there's two versions of the Wheel of Jeopardy. I want to start with that one first because these Wheel of Jeopardy, like Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, like two game shows. Uh, so the contestant is strapped to like a chair, like like a like a trapped to like a metal wheel, and as they spin around, they have to answer questions. And for everyone that they get right, uh, they get a, a win. And for when they get wrong, it's a lose. And when all the questions are up, wherever their head lands on, if it's win, they win the grand prize. If it's lose, uh, they don't get the grand prize. Uh, that, that's Wheel of Jeopardy. In another version of Wheel of Jeopardy, they basically have to figure out, uh, it's like the Craftmatic Adjustable, but with tinier televisions. And they have to try and figure it out what they're looking at while a wheel is spinning around. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That's not really like a fun bonus round. The Craft Mac Adjustable, however, it's kind of fitting. To me, it feels like that was kind of the original intention was before they pitched this to be on MTV, they pitched it to be, if this is a TV show, if we put 10 TV shows in front of you, can you name them all in a time limit? And that was the game. But instead of going with the TV shows... They went with music videos because this is MTV. So all you got to do is name the artist and it will light up. Now, some TVs are straightforward. Others are tilted on their side. One is upside down and it looks like a big abomination of televisions. Why? Because it's very cool that way. It looks like a giant uh, weird like alien monstrosity junkyard thing. Uh, and they play it up with like you have to get through all nine. We'll give you a little sneak peek, and it really is just like one, f- like tenth of a second, and then they start the timer, and then you start hearing, like number one, Madonna, number two, uh oh, uh Eric Clapton, number three, The Rolling Stones, four, Ozzy Osbourne, f- five, Metallica, six, uh oh uh seven past seven is uh and that's how the game would run uh you have 30 seconds to name all of them if you can name all nine you win all the prizes for each uh per, uh artist you identify you get one of those prizes announced at the uh at the commercial break so the car so you get like the camera the keyboard the music the stereo the phone the remote control things like that but if you get through all nine you win the brand new car or the trip because they couldn't afford a brand new car uh which makes it kind of like cool to me winning the brand new car on the game show especially on remote control is kind of cool because it was like classic game because that's a classic game show thing if you complete this you win the brand new car so for me that's why i think it's more definitive that this is the bonus round for understanding tv shows you get the car and i thought that this is this is a fun show and so whenever i find an episode of remote control i watch it because i know i'm going to enjoy it it's just a fun filled show about entertainment and tv show trivia clearly marketed for an mtv generation but at the same time, it's like a time capsule of like that youth, and it was not. It was not the uh, MTV ninety four ninety five limp biscuit dude bro yet. It wasn't dude bro MTV college yet. It was kind of like a yeah, I'm just having fun, whatever. So, to me, I love when I love remote control when they do that, and. It's such a fun show to watch. And it, I, I, before I get to talking about any re- reboot or revival, uh, I got to go into the second half of this. So because this was such an iconic show, they went to syndication, like every game show would, syndication. And that's where you get the Wheel of Jeopardy and they're trying to make it more mainstream, not really more music trivia, more less MTV, more TV, as it were, but less budget because syndication. And I think because of all the episodes of the show, it was taking its toll on Ken and Colin. And every season, it seemed like a new person was walking in off the show. It felt like uh, this show could just crash and burn at any moment. So one of those uh, shows that end up crashing and burning is summer is the spring break seasons MTV spring break look at the hot girls in the bikinis with music by duran duran i don't know if duran duran actually performed so they did like spring break mtv episodes keep in mind this is the early 90s mtv you know party at the mtv beach house and ken was not there So Colin had to fill in for Ken as the host, and those were total shit shows. They were trying to be well, uh, and it seemed like every season there was one of those uh, remote control episodes in spring break. It just never sat well. Um, That The last known episode of MTV Spring Break really was Colin Quinn hosting it because Ken just wasn't wanting to do it anymore and got so burnt out and it was just like look at the girls and they're showing up what it says on their bodies Ooh. And I, I don't maybe that's something that was with him it's a personal issue of why he he no longer wanted to do remote control so Ken Ober. Uh, was a big face of the show Now he got his start as a Star Search winner He was a comedian in the comedian's league of Star Search in the 80s And He eventually got the gig At MTV And becoming the face of things So he was doing like the video music awards as a presenter And came MTV Rock and jock b-ball jams uh, he, he, And when he left He kind of just I think he was kind of at a weird spot in his life where he didn't really know what he wanted to do. He wanted to write, definitely. But he wanted to get into more game shows. So 1994, he did Perfect Match. Well, there's still the Rock and Jock Softball Challenge. Uh, It fizzles out again. 1997, Comedy Central makes its debut and Ken Ober returns as a game show host as they do a reboot of Make Me Laugh. Yeah, that... That's exactly what my thought is exactly. Imagine Ken Ober going, All right, make me laugh, Carrot Top. Uh, mm. And then, once again, does nothing. He does Smush in 2001, one of my favorite game shows. Mm. Nothing really goes about this. Now, in he he did do Parenthood, so he kind of left to do TV. And then he did different one-off characters in different shows, um, and it just became kind of this um, r- like very confusing uh, mix of different TV. Like he wanted to still have that sense of humor and still be Ken Ober, the comedy guy who you know you can have as your best friend, and I mean it just it just kind of I it's it's rough to say but 2002 i will say we'll go to 2002 uh he gets kind of a return smush ends but colin quinn because he he left the show he did saturday night live same as sandler their careers take off and comedy central was looking for a sister show for the daily show if daily show is fake news this should be a fake hardball kind of show so here comes uh Tough crowd with Colin Quinn, uh, which he serves as supervising producer for while Colin Quinn serves as the host. So Nick DiPaolo, Greg Giraldo, Jim Norton, uh, Jim Florentine, uh, all sorts of other stand up comedians at the time would just start talking about today's news and blah 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 blah, blah and, and get into heated debates and pussy chatter's balls because that was what the show was. And he showed up in one episode of that. With that, came a off show the greg Geraldo show it didn't really uh kick off more then 2006 he had his biggest i would say he actually had two successes uh because 2006 was his last like big hurrah in tv he got to do two big shows and they're all and they're both flipped one is a network show the new adventures of old christine that show if you don't remember new adventures of old christine he started as consulting producer uh it was a sitcom with julia louis dreyfus where uh she plays a divorced mom and the idea is trying to keep the family together while still trying to get that next journey in her life well in addition to that sitcom hilarity uh he's also partially responsible for mind of men see on comedy central you know, Mind of Mencia, the, the 2000s sketch comedy show from 2006-2007 that served as the replacement to Chappelle's show while making a whole lot of slurs into comedy jokes. That show. So, yeah, you could see how well that went. 2007, that show got canceled. Uh, and then things kind of happened and he unfortunately passed away in November 2009 at the age of 50 to a very young age. Ober was feeling a little under the weather and was talking about headaches and chest pain and flu-like symptoms. Uh, an autopsy reports that Ken Ober died of natural causes, chiefly isometric heart disease and atherosclerotic coronary artery disease. Uh, a lot of people still think that maybe he died of H1N1 at the time uh, which was a very dangerous epidemic uh, because that always pops up it's always one serious issue like a swine flu uh, like coronavirus in the day he passed away uh, a lot of people on MTV mourned a lot of people kind of saw it as a real uh, shock to the system because Ken who has always kind of been in that Viacom MTV Networks umbrella, rather it was MTV or Comedy Central, or or uh, I guess CBS because CBS Viacom. Uh, they they were kind of shocked by that because this was like one of the rare like oh someone who was one of the pioneers of MTV passed away. He was the star of Remote Control to many people. Ken Ober was to college age older teenagers as mark summers was to double their kids so his passing sent shockwaves to everybody and to me he is one of the greatest game show hosts i i will say he was one of the best like post 90s game show hosts uh because to me he had this he had a laid-back attitude a lot of game show hosts, you know, it's your tension, tension, or, or sit back. And he wanted to be a, a jokester, but a lot of game shows held him back from being that. Remote control let him be funny, and that was what he wanted to do. He wanted to tell jokes, and that was kind of where it, it, it's kind of uh, sad because, like, every other thing uh, I hate to like go into like let's let's just say his career kind of sucked cuz Tough Crow was a great show. I'm not going to say like well Tough Crowd was but that was Colin Quinn, that wasn't him. If that makes sense. He was a producer, but the star was, you know, Colin Quinn. New Adventures of Old Christine was a successful sitcom on CBS. That was a hit. Might have been Sia. Boy, people love saying uh weird slurs and trying to emulate people uh with uh, mental deficiencies that's that's a good way of looking at it uh and i think that's where ken ober's passing is kind of to me like remote control was the big hit smush i love smush he's a great host in smush this is the party show he's there make me laugh it's t- such a boring game show even I don't want to talk about it. It's comedians telling jokes. If the contestant laughs, they get money. It really is like a five-minute Game Shows, I Suppose episode. Uh, if I if i had guessed, it would just be us just making fun of stand-up comedians for like an hour. It, that would be what the show would be because it really is a zero-content game show. Uh, and it's, to me, it's like, I think he's like he was like an ideal host for different kind of shows. Like I could have seen him writing for You Don't Know Jack. I could have seen him. I could have seen him doing what many uh, Bob Saget hosted game shows were. Like I could have seen him do Nashville Squares or doing One Versus One Hundred instead of Bob Saget. And I will never get to see that because he passed away at a young age, and it's. I I still think that that's one of the most heartbreaking uh, passings in in game shows is the loss of Ken Ober. So when he passed away, MTV two decided to air a couple episodes of remote control in his memory. And it was only two episodes, which was kind of just like, really that many. Uh, And I still see that as a bit of a slap in the face. I know they were mortified, but I would have wanted like more remote control mtv classic didn't even air old remote controls i don't know why they have the tape copies they just have to digitize them and they're good but it it seems like they didn't really want to uh try for that anyway uh before we get to the uh finale part uh puerto rico had their own version of remote control called control remoto uh and it was with a former member of menudo as the host uh it aired on wapa tv in 1989 but it got canceled immediately after three months because mtv found out about this and was threatening a lawsuit because you didn't get the rights to uh create a show called remote control and make remote control to me remote control has a lot of potential though for a reboot uh why because when the remote control first started in the late 80s early 90s cable television was just in the peak of its genesis yes the joke was like look at this weird niche cable channel like mtv well there's a news channel there's a sports channel there's a movie channel (laughs) and we're now in 2020 where not only is television's so niche that it's like fish isn't fisherman channels exist uh great outdoors channels exist oh uh, like there's two game show channels now there is uh there is a whole channel dedicated to just uh replaying uh really old episodes of cheaters and cops it was called g4 uh, the, there, there's like all of these different channels in TV that there's now thousands of them. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, we're just going to TV, but let's branch out of that. Now TV is no longer just TV, a serialized drama, serialized sitcom is no longer just tethered to that of the television channel. It's now a streaming media platform with things like Hulu, Netflix, Amazon prime, Quibi, That uh, I think if you were to actually make a rebooted version of remote control, you got to make it more uh, media savvy instead of just TV shows and TV trivia. I think it needs to be really, really Internet based like its websites, uh, its streaming services. But I still think you need to call it remote control, and I still think you need to have it be channels. But instead of it being like uh, Channel 1 is about taxi or Channel 2 is about this, it has to be modern television, rebooted television, streaming service television, and more. So now your categories are going to be like fuller house. It's going to be stranger things. It's going to be NCIS. It's going to be uh, reality television shows. And there's nine categories all devoted to that. And yes, you modernize the format. So then you can do like a parody confessional cam uh, for the conte- like for the host and the, and the co-host. You can uh you can do little mini bits where the like the the like the people who show up there are like pseudo e celebrities doing a reality show with cameras following them around. You can do celebrity gossip TMZ parodies. You can uh, expand uh, into Family Feud. Uh, you can try your best to do re- like like you can make it a parody of rebooted game shows as even as as far as that. Like you make it look like the basement from the 80s edition of remote control. And then you just like glue a HD TV over an old busted up Zenith <laughs> and just say, yep, we've rebooted. That's all we did. Kind of like how if you have old credenzas that you used to sta- uh, put TVs on and it was like a little 4x3 TV that if you added a 16x9 TV, there's that big old gap I mean, I a couple of shelves that I have in my house do that, um, and and you just make it so it's like, well, yes, this is like Fuller Thing, like Fuller House or Stranger Things, uh, Graperish Bake Off. So the questions are all about cake. Uh, you you can make it Food Network questions about food. And then you can expand upon that you can make it like here's dude perfect here's uh youtube videos here's the viral video challenge and expand into what people are watching now why because remote control is always about what are people in the college age range of 18 to 25 watching at the moment so you just expand upon that you get comedy writers to make satirical in nature of what is uh, in remote control now. So for instance, uh, you can... Here's one I had as an idea for a category, uh, was uh, the Joe Rogan Experience Experience. You have the... Basically, the gimmick is uh, a professional newsreader reads off a transcript from the Joe Rogan Experience, from Joe's perspective... And the contestants have to ring in and identify what celebrity is Joe Rogan talking to in this transcript. So you're just having like a weird guy go like, well, I can't, whoa. So let me, so you know, it's weird. You know, you were an Ant-Man and like, that was, that was weird. And like, well, that, that should be what remote control is. It needs to be more silly, kind of uh, out of the box thinking. In addition to that, i don't as much as we would love to do more music television and have the wall of tvs be all music videos i there's only going to be what there's only what 40 to 50 musicians currently active on the billboard hot 100 so you luke bryan 1 uh bts 2 katy perry 3 uh uh, that is uh Ooh uh is that ooh? i don't know six six is uh six is justin bieber seven is uh seven is the jonas brothers eight is eight, eight is lady gaga nine is that's that's what you'll be doing instead of doing that i think you should expand upon that and just make it just people like you will have quick two second uh, rotating videos. So just two seconds of like uh, BTS saying hi on TikTok or Instagram Live or Vine or something that's very quick to rotate and like almost act like a GIF image. And it's just a, a meltdown of like who are all these celebrities that you can identify. So one's Wayne Johnson, two is, oh, and, th- and you go from there. That's how I would probably make it. And you... And I don't know if you want to do craft mag adjustable or you want to just completely expand upon our modern internet and make it like a purple mattress. And you have to go with like all of the classic podcast stereotypes, like four hymns and different box, like subscription box sets. And you make it like a satire of how remote control was TV this new reboot version is still a TV, but everything has become more internet based and it sucks in a way that is just like how on TV remote control is satirizing game shows and being comedy, but still going like, yeah, there's a lot of sucky things going on. This is funny. You have to go into that route. You have to make it feel like you have to play into a a character. Uh, So then, whoever is the new host of remote control. I'm not going to say me in this, even though I think maybe that'd be interesting. Uh, you, you would have to go with uh, like, you will have to have someone who's a nerd. You have to have a nerdy kind of comedian kind of guy. I'm going to go with Griffin Newman. I'll just say Griffin Newman right now. I think that might be a fit because he was like a nerdy guy on the tick. He is a streaming me guy. Uh. And you make it so, like, there's already a storyline. Like, uh, Griffin Newman uh, was is uh, the cousin Oliver, basically, of the Ober Estate or something. Uh, so, like, the mom's gone. No one else is in the home. But the sister, uh, who is the aunt on the show, uh, moved in to the estate because of something. And now Griffin's in charge of the show. Everyone's moved away or everyone's grown up. So Colin if he's gonna show up is going to be like in a cameo appearance. Adam Sandler is, is like has is like a father now and he has a new kid <laughs> and it's like he shows up and you continue the tradition of you have characters showing up to present the ca- like the questions and you you, you you can reboot things like sing along with Colin. you can reboot classics like home shopping. But you have to now modernize the categories in a way that it's like to today's streaming media services in what people are watching today. Parks and Rec and The Office should be considered retro television. Uh, complete with also you can go from 90s and 80s and 70s. Because now that television has expanded for so long, you can do The Connors or you can do Roseanne. You can do Last Man Standing or Home Improvement. There was never questions about Home Improvement in the original uh, remote control, so therefore, you can modernize the show by simply just going from 90s onward. Friends, Big Bang Theory, you name it, can be categories on an all new remote control, and you follow the tradition of that craftmatic adjustable with the. But I say fix it, so it's more like a giant laptop or giant tablet. And you're on a, on a purple mattress or something, and you have to identify the nine things in 30 seconds. And it's still like, here's eight prizes. If you get nine, it's the brand new car. So it, you you just win nine prizes. And these eight prizes are all modern, young-based ones. So it's like, number one, you get like the Instant Pot, because you got to go cheap. Uh, then like number two is like a smart television and then number three it's uh it's uh we'll go with uh, an ipad we'll go with an apple ipad four uh we'll go with uh outdoor speakers so you can listen to music uh five we'll go with the casio keyboard because you can have a casio keyboard six is uh we'll go with we'll go with like a playstation five playstation 5 uh then we'll go with uh a, a, a new a, like a tv like a little camera package like if like a like a canon uh 5d camera uh we'll go with next is like a thousand uh, dollars at this certain store uh eight will be uh we'll go with um trip we'll go vacation little vacation. And then nine's the car. You know, here's your uh, look, uh, Honda Fit. Kia, Kia Sorento. There's a lot of cars you can go that's for cheap. I'm not saying you have to go for like a $30,000 BMW. And you just go from there. You just make the show continue off the air. You could still yank contestants and make it silly. You, you just have to cartoonify. You can't just go full on like 101 ways to leave a game show and explosions and blah, blah, blah. No, it has to be corny. It has to be stupid. Uh, It Just flip them around or yank them back from the chair. That's it. That's all you got to do. So, to me, that's what I would want in a remote control reboot. You got to make it more of what modern TV is like, which is streaming media and websites, YouTube videos, and Twitch streamers. While at the same time, not forgetting its roots and keeping classic segments and classic television alive as well, and most importantly, keeping the format of pick a channel 5, 10, 15, 10, 20, 30, and strange things happening on different channels. That's all. Remote control is comedy. Remote control was the counterculture to game shows that paved the way to what MTV would later become with shows like The Real World Road Rules and The Challenge. To me, Remote Control stands the test of time as one of those shows that should be a generation pointer to the history of game shows, much like how Press Your Luck would be, Password, and much more. This concludes this exciting episode of Game Shows, I suppose, with Remote Control. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, big smooch. ma.